Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of the Crown Yourself podcast. I am just in awe. We are over 200 episodes, and I told you, I said I am going to be bringing you more spiritual concepts, more magic, more amazing vibrational upgrades. And I could not think of anyone better than the founder of Vibrational Upgrade, Dr. Allison J.K. Dr. Allison is the best-selling author of Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transitions. She is a master mind, body, energy, medicine practitioner for more than 20 years and a world traveler who has lived and worked at an international school in Asia for 10 years while also performing energy healings on clients worldwide. The Vibrational Upgrade System was created by Dr. Allison after spending these years in Asia studying subtle energy. Her systems present an intersection of mind, body, and spirit applied to cultivating vitality, health, longevity, and overall well-being. And she documents all of this in her well-researched first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? I mean, if you're finding yourself constantly asking this question, like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What if there's nothing wrong? That's a powerful question to ask. And as Richard Bandler, the founder of NLP, said, your life is going to be determined by the quality of your questions. So instead asking, what if there's nothing wrong? That is the question that we are going to lead into the magic of this interview and hopefully help you uncover the unifying tools to understand how energy flows a bit more and how you can create more vitality, more clarity, more centered calmness, more abundance, more healthy emotional expression, and to be able to balance a whole lot more because you are made for so much more as we move into this next level of life, of consciousness, of experience, of growth, of abundance, I am so excited for this interview to give you the tools, the strategies, and the possibility from the stories of what is possible for your life, for your body, for your business. And with that, I give you Dr. Allison J.K. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, everybody. So, Allison, you have are the founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System. Can you describe in a nutshell, like, what is that? Because I know Nikola Tesla said that everything, we can understand the world if we understand frequency and vibration. And not everybody understands because it feels it feels and sounds kind of woo-woo. Yeah, it's funny you use the word woo. Um, I know that after living in Asia for 10 years to study consciousness and subtle energy and the science of it, and then moving back to the States, 
I had an interviewer ask me like around 2011 on a radio show after I was talking for a bit, isn't this stuff all just woo-woo? Now I had just come from the, a part of the planet where people prioritize and understand and have for 5,000 years energy over matter, which quantum physics nowadays and Tesla's are just in many, one of the many voices understanding this. And in fact, it's rocked the scientific community. It's taken a hundred years. Einstein rejected it. And he stated with his grand theory of everything because he couldn't handle the idea of, wait a minute, we're not studying external reality as its own phenomena. We're not separate from it. Our perceptions are actually creating it. And so that inverted the entire orthodox scientific model. And so many have scattered for over 100 years. So in traditional Chinese medicine, for example, they have a saying where qi goes. So qi being prana, as we say in yoga, because I'm also a yoga teacher as well as a qigong teacher, where qi goes like in Reiki. So where vital life force energy goes, blood follows. I add on to that nowadays where consciousness and, how, and where we focus our consciousness to is where energy goes and then matter follows. So quantum physics has finally jumped on board. Enough of them have had enough courage to say, wait a minute, yes, and destabilize our Newtonian physics where everything's solid, everything's real, everything's predictable, and how our paradigm sat on that for a couple of hundred years in the West to now more quantum physics space where stuff isn't quite so predictable, isn't quite so linear, isn't quite so reliable, and there's quantum leaps, there's quantum scorks, um, quarks, jumps. So stuff can change quicker and stuff is more reliant on what is feels less solid a wave which is what happens at the subatomic level right so if you have a repeated thought or an intense thought now i did not in that list of two just say random thought one time random thought mm -hmm. times. if i have a repeated thought or i have a highly intensely emotional thought like a trauma that collapses what is happening at the subatomic level as a wave when everything is in energy it's waveform it collapses wave into particle thereby starting physicalization and making something solid and real which is why like in my first year my first major in college i left it was psychology because i was seeing how they were focusing not only on proving themselves the hard science but also on talk therapy and if we just keep repeating the same old thing in a talk therapy session, it's making that story more solid and real as opposed to actually moving beyond it and learning how to live in a more vital way, having learned the lesson. So um, vibrational upgrade system is a combination of my background in energy medicine and my background as a yoga and meditation teacher for decades. And it's a coupling of the two to help people move beyond the what i would say at this point is a rather ignorant view that energy and talking about energy is woo woo and not to at all imply because you were asking that to trigger this question so yes yes no doubt yes I, I do i do believe that energy is is the combination of spirituality and science well it's funny because i that's one of the first quotes i think if it's not the first quote in the book i wrote my first book that started as my dissertation what if there's nothing wrong the first quote in the opening of the book is science and uh pardon me spirituality and religion have to meet at this point and so we are doing that from 2012 to 2032 so much is rebalancing and that includes overemphasis on materialism and overemphasis on spirituality where the two have been mutually exclusive in the past, right? Like in order to be closer to God, I have to live minimalistically. And if I am living materialistically, I'm greedy and not close to something divine or mystical. So now these two are merging as is the feminine and the masculine are learning how to balance. I didn't mean to say merging, I meant to say balancing and religion. Religion and spirituality are coming to a new apex 
so that that can match with I don't want to say match with science because it's, it's, I think relying, this is going to sound a little radical to some listeners, but if you want to read the scientific proof for energy, it's in my first book, 416 pages worth all of studying all of the measurements that science had come up with to measure subtle energy. But I feel like waiting, listen to that, waiting for science to Mm -hmm. get on board with an idea, like from ancient wisdom, waiting for science to prove something is actually damaging because of all of the vested interests in who gets the research funds, who has the funds to get research done for them and the inherent biases within the halls of orthodox science, waiting for it to be proven is you're again, giving your power away, relying on some external authority to tell you what is real. When in fact you're defining reality every single moment of every single day, just not taught to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So how do we consciously define a reality that's greater than the one that we are living? Uh-huh. Great question. Look at you. Second, the next good question. All right. So the idea, the stats and science is usually about 85% of our daily choices are made from thoughts we don't hear. So let's just talk about meditation for just a moment. If there's a 5,000 year old tradition of, I can observe my mind with this practice, I can observe my thoughts and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to pull back from those thoughts and come back to the breath. That means or it implies, therefore, there is something more than just my thinking mind or the thoughts. So who is doing that observing? So if the act of meditation is to focus on pulling off of our thoughts that we hear, now check this out to answer your question. At least 85%, from my decades of doing this work with people, tens of thousands around the planet, I find it's more like 95% of our daily choices every day, day in and day out, how we live our life, what we pay attention to, what we whatever doesn't even fall on our radar is made from thoughts we don't hear, meaning our subconscious and unconscious. I think it's more like 95% uh, stats are at starting at 85%. So that means that if we want to move beyond our current reality into something new, we don't use the mind because in in understanding, I've done a lot of work with the Dalai Lama and and obviously meditation, it's a great part, what took me to Asia for a decade. There's a thing called the ego mind. And the basic premise in Buddhism is that all human minds are neurotic. Here are the tools with which to work with your own particular flavor, right? So the idea in the West of I can't go inside, um, there's a boogie monster, monster under the bed, there's there's crazy, I'll find, ah, run from it, focus on the external more, um, isn't even a part of the whole premise of over half the rest of the world. It's if every human mind is neurotic and here are the tools to work with your own particular flavor, Another aspect of the ego mind that is predictable and reliable is it is given to us as a mind, body, and spirit conglomerate here as a system, what I call it, that we each are of mind, body, and spirit to navigate the physical plane. So I taught AP psych in the classroom using a college 101 textbook for psych, and they have two separate chapters, one for sensing and one for percepting, perceiving rather, percepting, new word. Um, <laughs> We're just discovering new things all the time, aren't we? So our five physical senses, all of those are words we all know. Our five physical senses, right? They pick up stuff, data in the environment, see, taste, touch, et cetera. We have thresholds on each of them because in fact, we are living in such a volume of data at the multidimensional level, at the metaphysical, meta meaning beyond the physical level, that 
the divine deigned it necessary to give us an ego mind structure that can put kind of a cap or control on how much we perceive so we don't go crazy so that in fact we can safely navigate the physical plane so it's been proven when you start meditating after a while i don't mean like the next month i don't even mean the next year the thresholds start to get lessened so you perceive a little bit more with your hearing you perceive a little bit more with your seeing for example because your consciousness has expanded so you can handle it so why I am saying that is the ego mind was given to us to navigate the physical plane safely. The adrenal cortex, fight or flight mechanism is also a part of that. So that when we're in the jungle facing something unknown or facing something new, the question the ego mind asks is, do I go into fight or flight? So the ego mind does not have a preference for the unknown. It has a preference for the known to keep us safe. Now, the ego mind with those five physical sense thresholds I was talking about, when it's sensing something, so let's say I'm in a market in Asia, I'm looking at exotic fruit with a friend of mine. My mind, after it sees, has the physical sensing happening. That's one whole chapter in college texts for psych 101. The second chapter, the second step is perceiving. My mind then goes into the files that it has of what already it knows. And so I don't know this exotic looking thing, but I do know I'm in a fruit market. So my file, my ego mind pulls out the file, fruit, there's the label. And we don't, of course, see these synaptic jumps happening. They just occur, right? But then the second thing that happens is because I don't know this kind of fruit, what my mind does is looks at it and says, oh, I know something similar, a pear, shaped like a pear. Let's call it Asian pear. So if our mind has a preference for what it already knows, what it's already experienced, and a protection mechanism automatically wired in against the unknown. You do not access the new by the mind. You have to go beyond the mind. So that was a very technical explanation of why we would go to the spirit, the heart, and beyond the mind for accessing the new and going beyond where we've already been. So to move beyond a trauma, for example, vibrational upgrade system is half the energy medicine where I would clear out the trauma. Trauma gets fielded not by the ego mind. It can't. This is inherent to the definition of trauma. Ego mind cannot field it. It's too much. So it automatically gets deposited into the subconscious, which means under. So And then unconscious, un. I don't mean to be sounding like a teacher in the classroom, although I was for 12 years. Un is the prefix. For, for not conscious. So, so not conscious and under the conscious mind, that's where over 85, and I'm saying 95% of our daily choices are made. So the gig with vibrational upgrade system is to make, to clear out that back of the house consciousness, as I've come to call it, flush it more towards prefrontal cortex or your conscious mind. So you have more access to more consciousness to then move beyond old traumas and old patterns and have new neurological pathways created to then make new choices because you have new space freed up that was once locked down and in those new choices apply what I use, what I call uh, intuitive applied mindfulness coaching to then help them understand how to move forward and actually make the new choices because people can have that new space created after an energy medicine clearing, but they don't know what to do with it. They're afraid to make the new choice. They're afraid of who will I have to give up or what will I lose if I actually step into more success. For example, I see that all the time. So that people are more afraid of their power than they are of staying stuck in their fear. Because the concept, the, so I've seen unconscious things like that. Like I'm yeah, going to lose something. Yeah. I've also it. seen with people being afraid of their power, they're afraid of their power of their dark side too. It's like they're afraid of their power of their light and it getting to be so bright and that they're they're also scared that they're the self-saboteur 
that they are the villain of their story. So they, that dark side, their ability to destroy and blow up things. Yeah. I mean, so that's a great example of that second prong after the energy medicine, I'll run more clearings and activations as a person stepping on a new pathway with new choices possible so that they don't self-sabotage. So for example, I trained vibrational upgrade practitioners. I have been owning this business. I dropped the classroom teaching and administration career when I came back to the States with this mission of mine now um, being that if more people in the West only knew, and if we valued in our, in our paradigm, how the consciousness and subtle energy system works, we would have so much more thriving, so much less suffering in the States and in the West. The second part of my mission is to professionalize the field of energy medicine. So I'm, I create new vibrational upgrade practitioners. And I've seen like, even after they have the tools, I have to still run clearings on them to have the confidence to go out there and to offer this new offering and to come out of the spirit, proverbial spiritual closet and, and to allow themselves to receive money and to allow themselves to receive money doing something they love. Cause that's like programming. It's not supposed to go together. I'm supposed, if I'm making a lot of money, I'm supposed to abhor how I do that. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. That was the belief system that I had when I first started my business, because I saw my parents grow their business, despite my dad's alcoholism and addictions, uh, to multi-million dollars of a business. But it was, he always would say, like, they didn't originally come to California to be arborists. They came to California to be, to be actors and to be creators and to be in Hollywood. And so when I started my, like, sole purpose business of Crown Yourself, I was side hustling as a Pilates instructor. I'd been doing that for 10, 13, something around that years, like over a decade. Um, and I had the perception and the belief that I had to rewrite that, oh my gosh, I was holding myself back from making money because I had the belief that I couldn't, I could make money. I, I could make lots of money, but I couldn't do it doing a hundred percent of what I wanted. I, if, if it fulfilled me 80%, that was fine. Cause that's what I saw growing up that was the pattern but i had to rewrite that belief and I, I had to counter that with with shifting on a subconscious level what that meant for me of of what it really meant for me to lean into a business that that i love that filled me that just excites me every day and to lean in to lean into that and the joys that come from making more income and helping others do that as well but that was one that I was surprised when I found out that I was like, wait, I've been doing this game for two years of like subconscious work and this belief is coming up. Oh my God, Kimberly. I have had people say to me, okay, so here's a perspective that's different than the American. I've had people who work with me. I'm, I know I'm bringing in tools for enlightenment, right? As a yoga teacher and a person who, who sacrificed some, you know, to pick up and move over for 10 years, you know, some friendships didn't revive. Once I got back, there was some hurt that I would pick up and leave and family got a little bit hurt in order to steep myself in that ancient wisdom. And so I have had clients say to me when they're going through vibrational upgrades, mastermind. So at this point, they're working with me for a bit. Um, when is that, when am I going to finally be there? And like really work, they're basically working towards the path of enlightenment. And over in the East, it's known that this takes decades and people go to ashrams and like, even I teach Qigong, 18 movements, right? And even the stories go that a monk in the monastery where the, this Qigong series of 18 movements is taught 
he has to, for the first year, don't learn only the first of the 18 movements while sweeping and doing the dishes as if like earning the right to, to be able to have access to that power. Meanwhile, in America, I'm training, I'm supposed to train people because they've paid a certain fee in this 18 movements and deliver it. And it's just not, it, it, so there's this expectation from consumerism in the West of how the spiritual stuff goes. So two years working on your subconscious is, 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 is great. But it's nothing compared to like, you know, the gains you're going to get after year eight. And so like that longitudinal, like you do get free. You do oh, get, yeah. you know, you get to a point where you're learning how to can increase your capacity to receive and have joy. It, it, it's so opposite the struggle paradigm and the lack paradigm. Yeah. And it, it's that expectation of being able to surrender the expectation. Like I see so many new entrepreneurs when they first start a business are like, and working for like an hour, like, why am I not? Why I've been doing this? Like I've been slaving. Why away aren't there more customers? It's been a year. Why aren't there more customers? And I'm like, you gotta keep going. It's, 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 it's the discipline. And I love that you brought up the yeah, story the of discipline. the monk learning that the first move of Qigong to basically earn the right in a way to be able to be it there's a level of discipline that also comes with it the discipline to show up for yourself the discipline to do the work and the commitment as well because time i don't like to say the word test but time is a part of that commitment it's like it's like the longevity of of a committed partnership like when you're choosing your life partner like there's a a level of commitment and depth and then renewal of that commitment sometimes from from time to time when you're like oh i really did i committed yep all right i'm in let's 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 figure this out let's work this on this and dive deeper so i would love to to shift gears for a moment because i think these past two years have been quite volatile and in, in terms of extremes i can say for my own personal uh standpoint that this this year the 2021 has been the most challenging year that i have ever experienced just experienced extreme life and extreme death um, in my own personal life the world is changing and so i i know that you say that we're living in humanity's greatest evolutionary leap what does that mean and how can we allow for the transformation within us that is coming through these polar extremes of change. I love that you phrased it the way you did. How can we allow for ourselves to what? Transform. To transform. So recognizing that the polarity and the volatility are tools with which we can use to transform. I love it. I love your framing of it because that's inherent to why so many people are being challenged by these times, the resistance, the fear. So so I, when I moved to Asia, I was looking like I was getting great results with my local clients. I had the energy medicine, holistic health and wellness sessions on the side of the classroom teaching career. And so I was getting great results and I wanted to get even more robust results. So I, I asked, how do I get even more robust results than this for my clients? And so that 
coalesce at the same time with me looking at my checkbook on a Saturday morning, pre-digital banking. And with a master's at that time, not and only basic living, like basic housing, basic car, organic produce. Yes. Which was more expensive then. And a massage per week, which I consider preventative health, like 201 and 301. Those are the only things I needed. And I was having for me, what felt like too much of a challenge because I knew abundance and I knew adventure. And I also had seen that Saturday morning. Oh my God. Am I in like, you want me to be in this cage for like decades ahead of me, my life. No, you know, looking around. So I found I had a colleague come in and tell me within a month's time, synchronistically, there's an international school system, Allison. So I did what I had to do, put in the resume, went to the uh, event in another place and got high, did all the interviews in the hotel rooms all around the world with different uh, school heads and got a bunch of offers and chose Asia for the reasons I've already stated. Now I'm saying all of this because I was already doing this work in the spiritual path and energy medicine and holistic health and wellness, trained herbalist, blah, blah, blah. So go over deep in that work in Asia, come back here with the mission that I've already stated, drop in the full-time teaching. A year and a half back, Voice America approaches me and offers me uh, a weekly radio show based on the Mayan galactic alignment on December 21st, 2012. Kimberly, I've been doing nothing in my public facing in my business with this, but I had taken clients because I live on the West coast of Florida much of the year. And so just a hop, skip and a jump across the little pond of the Gulf of Mexico to the Yucatan, where a lot of the great Mayan ruins that have already been excavated are. So I'm really close to it. So I had been taking some clients on VIP trips down to the Mayan ruins in the Yucatan, but that wasn't public facing. Um, so anyway, they reached out to me. I was like, okay, give me 24 hours or 48. Listen to my intuition. It was a big yes. So weekly radio shows, first bringing in the scientists who I had written about in my What If There's Nothing Wrong, first of my four books, and then brand, began bringing on specialists talking about what was going on on December 21st, 2012. And what I came to find out is it wasn't just the Mayans. So the Mayans, understood, they are unbelievable with astro astronomical, mathematical, in spatial sense and bringing those together and they're knowing in a way that our current science isn't even yet arrived back at. Oh, it doesn't even touch it. Yeah. With, with right? especially with astronomy. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so they understood that 2012 was the end of a long, long era in the beginning of a new one. It was a market. It wasn't the end of the world. That was all the, you know, stupid news and exaggeration and stuff, but also in yoga, Yogi Bhajan, one of the main schools of, of yogic thought, he said, you know, one we're leaving one yuga era and going into a new yuga or era in 2012. Nostradamus predicted this an astrology from Piscean era to Aquarian era. So it wasn't just the mind. And is it just the Mayans that said, so I had all these specialists on interviewing them, trying to under, not trying. I was understanding, gaining increasing understanding of the nature of the times we were in so much so that I became one of the specialists going to Chichen Itza on a cruise at the Mayan ruins, gaining special permission with the uh, Mayan shaman. We're all dressed in white. There's TV filming crews from around the world. I was seen on TV as far away as Poland. I mean, it was a big deal on December 21st, 2012. I was there in bare feet. I had been there just the year before on one of those VIP client trips. The ground had not shot lightning bolts up through my bare feet then, but on December 21st, 2012, holy cow, it was electrical, the, the land. So 2012 to 2032 is a 20-year window considering humanity's greatest evolutionary leap, considered our greatest evolutionary leap, because what has been out of alignment, what where there has been an abuse of power, what has been hidden in secret that has been an abuse of power or out of alignment, it has all been coming to the surface. So that 2012 to 20, let's divide it for ease into three seven-year windows and put an extra year onto the 20-year window to make it 21. So 2019 was the first third 
And when COVID hit, I I did not philosophize about it at all because I said, you guys, I have been saying this since 2011, that it is a clearing. The earth is clearing, all of us are clearing, institutions are clearing, every aspect of our societies are clearing, education, health, banking, finances, governmental, personal relationships. So that like in 20. 14, I was seeing, it's considered humanity spiritual awakening time. So in 2014, for example, more people were coming in telling me I have tinnitus, Dr. Allison. 2016, more people, or even earlier than that, coming in with skin sensitivities than food sensitivities. Now, some of that's because the wheat that's made in America isn't digestible by animals or humans. And it's, there's no wheat gluten tolerance. It's in fact, not able to be digested by animals or humans. So other than the wheat gluten- It's the, gly- it's the glyphosate that they're just spraying it on it. It's that too. But in the late 80s, I mean, like I used to do, nutrition is a major part of my background. And I used to do uh, radio show interviews with a guy that was talking about that uh, on the original food pyramid for USDA. And he left it because there were so many cattle, beef, dairy, it was all them. And he was the only scientist on it. And he said in the late eighties, they altered the wheat plant so that and then they did tests on it and the animals couldn't even metabolize it. So obviously we can, if animals can't even, so then the glyphosates, yeah. Um, as well. So yeah, I've been a vegetarian since 93. Cause I knew no, but the point being is that we are awakening and our systems are becoming more sensitive. And we are also shifting into that more vibrational backdrop to our existence rather than a more physical, solid, separate one. So we're also, I also saw a ton of people coming in talking about Dr. Allison, I can't deal with the negative energy from that person in the cubicle next to me, or there's this person at work with such a negative, I can't go in there. It's so much negative. And like everybody was opening and is opening. And so what that looks like is a bunch of clearing. So I would see also people with three crises at a time, job loss, uh, divorce and health issue. Because I, well, the way that I come to understand it from my framing is it's like an, the egoic structure, our personality level self. If we're not proactively seeking our own evolution, our ego requires a crisis to crack its shell to then peak beyond that level. Like a medical diagnosis, go to the Western Med, doesn't help. We look for something beyond that, ends up touching upon more than the physical, which means spirit does get involved. And so the person starts to see things from the mountaintop or satellite perspective rather than like the small myopic personality, physicalized level, start to get a perspective on from like a more solo spiritual level, start to evolve, right? So if you don't want crisis, then we do it proactively. So I was saying when COVID hit, and I cried. I mean, I was treating a person when it was still over in China. I have a client over in the Philippines. She had a friend in Hong Kong. Then I was treating another client in Germany. I watched it and tracked it come to the States. And the first time when it was really starting to hit Europe and the States, I had a big event and I, I, I was actually crying because to me, it meant humanity was that lazy and was not, and I don't say that easily. It was not that it was so last minute and so instant gratification focused that we couldn't get our shit together or cleared enough that we required something good to go this big to make people go inward and address and deal and work with their stuff. And you notice how much COVID's dragged on. The earth needs it. So the, we're connected to the earth. Our consciousness affects the earth. It, it, we're all interconnected. And, and I mean, you can go look at about the Tao, the field of the Tao. That's an example of the interconnectivity. There's science approves that I talk about in my third book, Reasonable Dragons. I don't want to take our time to do it because I feel like your listeners have a sense of that. And you obviously do too. So there is, it's not so bad of a thing, but change is required. And our mind is not going to be like, 
change ever. So like expecting never. that. Yeah. <laughs> never. Our mind is like change. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I, and I love what you said is that it's like a clearing. I was literally, I was just speaking about this with my husband yesterday, because this year started with the death of my dad and it's ending with uh, the death of another family member who I'm close with. But in both cases, I look at the, um, the clearing that my, my dad's death has provided for me from 30 years, 30 years, because he was an alcoholic for 30 years, but the, the freedom that that's actually given me and the connection that I have now. And right before the day before he died, I had such a, a message because I just, I just said download because I'm 8,000 miles away from him. And I had a, a, such a message that said, I've taught you all I can in this form. And after he passed the day after, I felt this like amazing peace, freedom, like, and that evolution of our relationship. Like, I just, I don't believe he's gone. I believe the relationship has just evolved. And same with um, my aunt who's, who's dying from terminal cancer. Like the relationship that we had, it's, it's a, it's a clearing of a, she always would be the one that would challenge my uh, alternative choices, like to have my children naturally, not in a hospital, at, at home. And yet I, I always appreciated that challenge because it would uh, reaffirm for me how strong I was in that decision, especially when it came to my kids. And she thanked me just recently and said, you know, I'm thank you so much. Like you did it screw the world and you are creating you create your own rules and you don't need anyone to tell you what you're going to do because you're going to do what it, what you want and you're going to you're going to create it and she was just so proud of having having seen that and i like yeah it's like that iron sharpening iron but it's like that clearing of like i needed that iron to sharpen my decisions and i needed the growth of, of how i grew up with with my dad and that space to to grow me into the the challenger that i am today in a good way and now i have the now i have the freedom so it is like and it is a clearing it's sad it's incredibly sad and it's it's an evolutionary process but that clearing of the belief systems in a way and i, I don't mean to say that 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 is for everyone but that's just my own personal experience of what i'm experiencing in this evolution of of my own life of seeing people with more fixed mindsets falling by the wayside or struggling or, or not running into that change. And meanwhile, I'm like into the unknown, let's go Elsa. Like, let's turn on the frozen soundtrack with my kids and then we'll <laughs> <laughs> into the unknown we go. Here we go. Well, you also, I mean, you're modeling perfectly the way to respond and to make use of these times. I remember in one of those experts talking about this 20 year window of the great greatest shift, our greatest evolutionary leap ever, that a lot of our loved ones were going to leave body in this time because part of the contract is they can be more help outside of the body. Mm -hmm. So I know from, so yes, evolution. Oh, that just like that hit my heart. That, that caught me. Good. We're done. I mean, that's all I was here for. We're done. We're done. <laughs> But let me give you more. Let me give you more. 
when I've had clients on the table who've lost a loved one, and I lost my mom at this in 2010 and 2009. So it was kind of like a lot of us also had some stuff hit and leading up to 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so when a client's on the table or they're on the phone in a, one of my group programs and they have a loved one who's crossed over, the loved one will frequently show up. And to the point that I have to, I have to, I have to let them in, meaning, okay, because it's so excited to have a channel here who can connect. And I don't advertise this. You don't see channel or tra- or medium on any of my marketing, but people who work with me know that, you know, if you're open intuitively and the, my, I train my students this way, you're open intuitively. That means all the skills It's beyond the Akashic record accessing, which I think is just a trendy thing right now. And it's, you're open. So the person who's passed over always consistently, their message is if you need any help, ask, but I want to distinguish here because from my own work, I've recognized that like when everything started to clear more negativity was up in all around us, like around 2010, I got this message from my own intuition. I don't think it was during a meditation. I think it was when I was standing under the night sky, Allison, you need to stop doing the clearing of your own field, the way you've been doing it. There's just too much clearing call on bigger hitters. And so I've been teaching people how to do that ever since. But bigger hitters need to be called on, too, because our loved ones who have passed away don't have access the way an archangel or an ascended master does. So I don't want to be giving the impression that if we ask our parent who has passed away for help, that they're able to do it. They can do some of it. But if you really want to do some prayers, you want to go to like some more ascended masters, because I was shocked when I I did a session for somebody's wife, a client of mine's wife. She um because I had to, I was practicing a new thing I was learning. She was a reader locally, really well known. So she gave me a free session. So I went to it and this is like, I don't know, 2010 or 11. And uh, she didn't know about my mom. So, but she starts, she goes, is your mother crossed over? No, I didn't even ask that question. She said, your mother's here. Then she started giving factual data that my, that she couldn't have possibly known that kind of a gig saying a phrase that only my mother would have said. So I'm like, holy shit. And what, <laughs> excuse my language. And what I said, <laughs> and what I realized was what was coming through and God bless you, mom, you were so intuitive and so advanced. And I'm looking right at your picture, but she still had a personality show up in that session. So I had been under this weird ass pretense that like, aren't you supposed to be like a perfected angel by when you cross over? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, are you supposed to drop the ego mind or the personality self? Of it? And, and, and no, apparently not. So that informs what I was just saying before, too, about like they do want to help and they are there to help. And it, here's another offer. Another possibility that's I've heard. And uh, I'm only repeating it because I've investigated it, researched it and intuited that it's a yes and seen it at work, um, observing it, not projecting so that I get a confirmation of my reality. But neutrally observing so I can observe reality as it is. It's a very important distinction. Um, If your dad had a contract with you, so let's say you're not embodied yet. You're a soul. You sit with a group of masters. One of them, at least, is a guardian angel inherent and personal to your soul all the time, all incarnations. If you look at your wheel of Dharma, these are now yogic terms, and there's a thing called the samskara, which each of us have like two-ish, maybe three, the core patterns to move beyond, like your dad's would have been alcoholism and addiction. Mm-hmm. But each of us has like two-ish of them, of core patterns. We're just here 
not to bump up against and have issues with, but in the wheel of Dharma to evolve beyond. That's a whole gig as a, as a soul and a body on planet Earth. So when we're sitting with the Ascended Masters before we incarnate, we look at our soul's roundedness and we see what else it could still be rounded out by. It hasn't yet perfected or evolved beyond. So two-ish of those are picked. And then goes the question of, okay, so if I, these are the areas I can get, my soul still needs to evolve. What drama do I need to have set up on the stage of earth school? Okay, well, I need a father who's alcoholic. And so somebody who loves us unconditionally volunteers for that, et cetera, et cetera. So we end up with these people in our life who could trigger the living daylights out of us, but then be, as you're sitting here nodding, become yep. come out of the, out of the affirmative, all of life is happening for me, not to me stance. hundred percent. And with that, with the humanity's evolution through this leap, what I'm seeing people have the most resistance to is seeing how life is happening for them. I know, right? Oh my God. So for me, my version of that is um, too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Challenging people on wherever you're saying, and I don't mean to be a dumbass and just go around and get scammed by every person, obviously with reason. My third book subtitled, where logical magic becomes the new norm, logical magic, a meeting of rationality and still the magic that's inherent to life instead of dismissing it for fear of it. It's in, in leaning too heavily on rationality. So believing something is too good to be true. We're moving into, I mean, as much suffering and crap and pain and hurt and fear there has been in this last year and a half. Why don't you take the opposite of that? I say this to my clients so much of the time as they're going through a healing response and they're releasing and it's not totally enjoyable because of what's being released. <laughs> if you're releasing this much darkness right now, that is a sheer indication of how much light is coming in afterwards. It's the same thing with us here. So you get ready to believe stuff is not too good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like that's seeing this, like this year, just in general, like we've been able to live two blocks away from the beach in a beautiful uh, beach town in Queensland, Australia. That's been amazing and had a baby took two hours had him before the midwife even got here. My husband caught him like got a Ted talk, like polar opposites and seeing that light come in and seeing, seeing the beauty of, of that as well. And, and, acknowledging that and i think a lot of times especially for high achievers they struggle because they're so into the hustle and into the go-getterness sometimes they forget to acknowledge the light the wins the successes the joys the the peace the beauty that they actually have around them i know i know i have for sure Kimberly, I love what you're saying right now, because, I mean, I work with a ton of overachievers and I think, and I wrote this in my first book, America is full of overachievers. We were a colony to get separate from the crown. So we had to prove we could make clothing and not need them. And it's stayed yeah. in our genes ever since. So, I, I, I mean, look at, that's how we prove how successful we are is how productive we are in the States. One of the things that you just raised though, is another aspect that's becoming the divine masculine, divine feminine rebalance. I'm not talking about genders. I'm talking about within each of us. So our action orientation here in the West, particularly the States, go-getters, super achievers, it's all masculine. It's young. 
now, so here's an example. I was teaching yoga class one night. I wasn't even running my energy medicine clearings and activations. This woman comes in for a class. I, I do what I did in my yoga class. And then she leaves, comes back the next week. Dr. Allison, I've had this problem with my business for eight years. I stayed up all night after yoga class last week and solved the problem that I've had for eight years. So that's an example of, and I don't mean to say, let's use our intuition to solve business problems. <laughs> what I am actually saying is the- And yet you can. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a multiple six-figure business and I, I have for over 10 years, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I do what I'm about to say is there's a, and I was brought up as a super, always, you know, know the answer, be right, get educated, learn, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve in my G DNA. And it's a balance now between stepping out based on an intuitive hit, giving the the space is not wasted when you go for a walk in the woods. The time is not wasted when you sit down and meditate. The time is not wasted when you go see a sunset on the beach because that expansiveness allows for your intuitive voice to speak. And we're going right back to the beginning of my first response to your first question. How do we access the new? It is not from strategies. It is not linear. It is not logical anymore where you set up the five steps to reach that target because it's coming in now where I see it happening with more ease and grace. And I work with a lot of business owners and high achievers, as you were saying too. And as I watched myself coaching them to come out of the strategy-based life over and over and over again, I have to remind them and do clearings and activations for this, that energy and consciousness is what creates physical matter. We are going through a reversal right now. So if you're busy actioning and actioning and actioning, you're leaving no space for the intuitiveness to come in, for the heart to be present and for the answers and the guidance one step at a time. So it's more like I will get their backs in my signature program, Magic Manifestation and Money Flow. They'll come in, they'll have, they'll be stepping out in a new way, in a new business or a new offering. And I will tell them what my intuition is getting and it's one step and they'll take it. And after that's been implemented, solidified, grounded, stabilized, I don't mean by a couple of years, I mean like a month at most, then the next step comes in. It's organic now. It's not like I'm going to sit here with my linear brain and strategize the next five steps. Because like if I have a list, for example, of five creative projects I, I want to get started. And I look at that list each day and I ask, okay, which one of these is ready to pop? Which one is the, or another way to ask it is, which one is the best one to act, take action on today? And I go through and perceive the energy of each of them. One of them is going to have a higher energy. Now I'm asking my intuition to guide me beyond the linear mind. And I don't know, maybe that mother-in-law finally moved back out of the house. The person's exhilarated that day and is answering more emails than ever before. So when I send the email with my pitch, they're like, what? Yes. Whereas if I had sent it the day before, they're like, no. So <laughs> no, and no to life. So it's, there's so much more we could be having success in and so much more grace and ease and having the success, the over-reliance also on the young or the masculine or the action is because we've been under a patriarchy and the woman's voice has been squelched and the a woman's magic is in that wild and free state where her intuition is able to rule the day. So bring that in now with the beauty of the young, of the action and of the sun, of the creation. Impair them from the most power ever. Oh, Dr. Allison, I could talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I love to too. So we ha have a genuine rapid fire to wrap this up. Are you ready? Yes. 
Who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? I like Isis. I like Cleopatra. I like the Egyptian women because that was before patriarchy. How's that? Awesome. Perfect. What woman would you want to trade places with, dead or alive, just for one day? Be in her body, see what she sees, think how she thinks. Elizabeth I. Ooh, good one. Queen. What do you define to be your queendom? Sovereignty. I've taken ownership over my own throne. I realize that I can create the throne to look whatever way it wants and the power in my free will. And the and courage lastly, needed. Yeah, the courage. She, it, takes, it takes so much courage. And I think that that's what this, uh, this evolutionary leap is really bringing forth is, is courage yeah. to, in, in the face of fear. So lastly, how do you crown yourself? How do I crown myself? Um, mm -hmm. Maverick, who's learning how to flow with her maverickdom, her maverickness, mm. rather than it being a voice of dissonance and a disruptor, how to allow for the fact that I, I'm owning, I'm a future visionary. And before now I used to have to deal with resistance and now I'm learning how to like allow myself to deliver the future visionary and let it be received by people like yourself who can hear it and know and trust that they'll be there when they're meant to be there. But it's not my mission to speak to the resistance. That's theirs. Oh, amen. Dr. Hallelujah. How do we, hallelujah. <laughs> it's not everybody's job to speak to the resistance, like to be in your queenliness and, and your vision and holding that space is just as powerful. So how do we find you? How do we work with you? Plug uh, yourself, queen. Thanks, sister. Vibrationalupgrade.com is a free Facebook group. I'm on YouTube. There's some clearings and activations you can sample there. If you want to get started with working with me uh, and you don't want to deal with me at all and you just want to have recordings at your own disposal, go to the Chakra Series. There's a self-assessment, self self-diagnostic tools there. And then there's um, some sample clearings on each chakra so you can see where you're blocked in on. A lot of people love to start there. It's also my signature product. Um, if you do want to play with me and really boost the amount of time and ease, uh, I, my signature program is Magic, Manifestation, and Money Flow. It's a four-figure investment. Then there's Activate Your Magic, which is not a four-figure investment and an initial way to get your toes wet and working live with me. Both of those are under my website, vibrationalgrade.com. Work with me. Awesome. Awesome. It has been an absolute pleasure, Dr. Allison, speaking with you. And as always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.